Jean's first instinct upon waking was to remain silent. Perhaps that said something about how he'd developed as a person. Or maybe the experiences he'd been through. Either way, paranoid caution had saved his life on numerous occasions, and it didn't cost him anything if there was nothing wrong. With eyes held shut, he strained his ears. He was just about to pick up the muffled conversation of his parents, and then the rhythmic beeping of hospital equipment. He was alive, then. That was good. He could vaguely remember the final words before darkness had taken him, an incantation that was altogether too familiar, yet also new. His father had never unlocked his aura before. The first time it had been Pira. After that, whoever he could pay to unlock it. Usually some wandering hunter he might cross in the wilderness. It didn't matter when and where he unlocked it. He just always made sure it was active before he reached Beacon. After all, he hadn't needed to fake his way into the school for a long time. Sid might still sleep, but that he's stable now. There shouldn't be any risk, not unless something goes wrong. That was his father. The deep timbre of his voice was tinged with exhaustion, as though sleep had not been something he'd been able to attain. Something already went wrong, Juniper hissed, too grim, not only got close to the house but nearly killed us all. What the hell happened with the watch? I don't know. That answer didn't seem to please his mother, for Jean could feel her anger from where he lay. But I will be finding out, rest assured. If anyone was slacking, I'll personally roast them over a fire. I don't like this, Nicky. I thought you said you didn't train him. Where did he learn to fight like that? It was probably instinct. Fear can do a lot to give a person motivation and inspiration. Don't think on it. How can I not? I almost died. I know to find my son rushing at a huge monster with nothing but his bare hands. Jean felt a small flicker of some emotion, but buried it deep down, doing what he could to remain still and keep his breathing deep. Did his mama not even imagine what it was like for all of them as well? To see her standing there with that loving smile as she accepted death so they might live? It was too cruel. Shh. You're alive. He's alive. The worst didn't happen. Jean heard the two of them kiss, and had to squash the instinct to cringe at it. Seriously, right next to his hospital bed? Why don't you go to see the girls? They're probably just as worried as you are, and you're better at comforting them than I am. Tell me when he wakes up. Another kiss. Another frantic desire to be somewhere else. Of course. The door opened and closed as footsteps receded from the room. Are you going to keep being lazy, or is there some other reason you're pretending to be asleep? I was trying to sleep. Jean yawned as his blue eyes opened. There was a rush of artificial light, the room a terrifying shade of pristine white that seared his retinas. But a few moments later, it started to come into painful focus. It was small, white room, lacking a window, but fitted with painfully bright light above his head. Besides the bed he lay in was a table, covered in potted plants and vases of flowers as well as a few boxes of sweets. Nicholas sat in a wooden chair towards the end of his bed. It's not my fault my parents decided to get frisky right next to me. <laughs> Idiot. Nicholas shook his head as he rose to his feet to walk beside Jean's head. He didn't particularly like being laid down when someone was nearby, but the moment he tried to move, a sudden pain laced through his stomach. Don't move. You've only been out for two days or so. You need time to recover. Did mum's leg heal? It had been a nasty wound, nothing compared to his own, 
But then again, he was used to receiving such. Watching her, a complete civilian, dragging herself across the floor towards him had been agonizing. She's fine. A bit of dust medicine and some stitches. She's on crutches right now, but they should be gone in a week or two. Nicholas reached down to the flicky's nose, causing Jean's face to scrunch up in displeasure. You should be more concerned about your own injury. You were nearly disemboweled. Jean tried to shrug, only for the motion to come across as simply shuffling in the bed. Well, I'm alive, so I guess I know it's not that bad. It would be too suspicious for him to act too biased, however. How did I recover, anyway? It doesn't make sense that I could survive something like that be up so soon when mum is on crutches. That would be because I unlocked your aura. His father's eyes closed with a soft sigh. You do know how that works, right? We learned a bit in school. Jean nodded, pleased that he wouldn't need to feign ignorance and go through some long conversation about it. It was hardly uncommon knowledge in Remnant, but then again, Jean hadn't been the most attentive person either. There was one thing, though. Why don't you just unlock Juniper's, then? Hell, if she had aura, she might have been able to make it through that fight without getting hurt. Why didn't everyone have their aura unlocked? Why wasn't it something they did to all children like immunization? It worked along the same lines too, and while it did take some energy from one doing it, that was related to how much aura the recipient had. Surely with kids it would be less. I suppose they wouldn't have taught you all the intricacies. Nicholas sighed. The man pulled the wooden seat from the edge of the bed, scraping it across the floor so he could sit down near Jean's head. There are a lot of good things about aura. The defense. The healing. Even more strength. But that doesn't mean it comes without problems. What do you know about aura? Specifically. It's the manifestation of the soul. That's all I know other than what it does for people. For hunters. It's enough in this case. Keep in mind that not many people know much about aura at all. The soul isn't something that is easy to measure or experiment on. So a lot of people this is guesswork. Simply put, when we unlock a person's aura, we enable their soul to manifest as energy outside their body. The analog isn't exact, but you might imagine a normal soul as being a jar locked deep inside the body. While an open soul can travel and expel all the way to the skin, it infuses the entire body, and it protects it. Nicholas sighed, rubbing one hand against his face. The problem is that the Grim hunt humanity through our emotions, and what they lack is a soul. When we unlock your aura, all of a sudden your soul is not just locked away inside you, but sometimes even visible on your skin. We have more than enough evidence that this makes you more appealing to Grim as well. It might be something to do with your emotions being more vivid, or expelling from your body with aura. Ah. Jean glanced aside. That made a certain amount of sense. It also painted quite the cruel picture. So the reason the auras of normal people went unlocked was because doing so only brought more Grim to them. They would be ticking time bombs, unable to defend themselves, yet drawing Grim towards them and their families. Didn't that also mean that retired hunters would forever be at risk? Maybe that was why so many of them had branded together in Ansel, and continued to prowl its borders even into old age. Ah, and now you have this burden, and by my hand, place this burden upon thee. So what? Am I going to attract Grim forever? Was his father suggesting he leave so that he didn't endanger their family? It's not that dramatic. You should be safer in Ansel anyway. There are a lot of hunters living here after all, but it is customary to offer at least some training to anyone who unlocks their aura. 
even if it's just enough for a civilian to stall into help arrives. Ah. So that was the issue. And you don't want to train me. The accusation seemed to hurt his father deeply. The man, leaning back in his seat as Fru struck. I have no qualms about training you if it's to defend yourself. We can start as soon as you are recovered. What the... So after all he'd been through, now his father was willing to help train him? But I have to ask you. Your ambition was to become a musician. Has that changed? No. Nicholas frowned and leaned forward. So you have no intention of becoming a hunter? I said I wanted to be a musician and I do. There's no way I could actually get enough training in such a short time to actually become a decent fighter. I don't know. Nicholas sighed. It looks like you already have a good foundation. If you are able to kill a Beowulf not only unarmed, but without aura, I can count the known cases of that happening ever on one hand. And most of those were plucky people leading them into traps. They used the environment to their advantage for traps or obstacles. I don't think I've ever heard of someone achieving what you did. It was just instincts. Jean tried only to get a snort from his father. Don't give me that bullshit. I fed your mother. No amount of instincts can let a child beat a Beowulf into submission like that. You need at least some training. I saw it on television. Try again? You can't pick stuff up like that from watching it on TV. Time travel? Nicholas rolled his eyes, dismissing the truth in an instant. Jean, I'm not angry at you. Please understand that. Your mother likely will be for risking your life. But I've never loved you more for saving both yourself and her. Thank you. Thank you for that. I watched people train and fall the steps myself. It wasn't enough to ever get good, but I only had enough to keep beating it over the head of a pipe. What else was he supposed to say? The truth was unbelievable, as it always was. The older man didn't look like he fully believed it, but he closed his eyes and accepted it nonetheless. And yet you still don't want to become a hunter? I used to. That was why I trained and watched. But I don't anymore. Why are you so hung up over this? Why do you get so upset whenever it's mentioned? Why act so relieved when I told you I wanted to be a musician two years ago? You remembered that? Nicholas sighed and looked away. I suppose you would. Uh, it, it's not something I've really talked about to anyone other than your mother. You don't have to then. Jean wanted to know, but not enough that he would cause problems over it. At the end of the day, the wires weren't nearly as important as what and how. His father didn't want him to be a hunter. What did the reason matter? I'll tell you. His father shrugged. You earn it for looking after your mother and might give you a better idea of what I've been holding off on you so much. He paused. One hand coming to his chin as thought of how best to explain. I suppose I'll keep it simple. You know that the Ark family has a long history of being heroic warriors? Yeah. I've come across a few mentions of our names in the history books. It had been one of the reasons he wanted to become a hunter in the first place. Nowadays they weren't as famous as families like the Schnee, but go back a hundred years or so and they were easily on that level. Sean had once dreamed of restoring the family name to that level. A name to be respected and loved. With a statue of him in every city, of course. <laughs> what a fool he'd been. 
While a reputation like that isn't easily achieved, Nicholas crossed his arms and leaned back as he began the tale. The family was rigid and unforgiving, both in terms of what you could and could not do. Every child of the family had to become a hunter, and there were no expectations allowed. You could only date other hunters, and under no circumstances could you marry or have children with someone that was not also a hunter of some renown. The blonde lied needed to be kept pure, and evolution shows that stronger parents make for stronger children. So you headed because they wouldn't let you date mum? It sounded like something out of a cheesy romance, but at the same time it was so very them. No one who saw the two could deny the love between them. You're jumping ahead a little, actually. My family never met your mother, and I wouldn't have introduced them either way. What I wanted to cover was that from a young age, I never had a choice of what I wanted to be. Neither did my sister. Jean had an aunt? That was the first he'd ever heard of such a thing. He wasn't naive enough to realize what that meant. He had an aunt. My sister was Sylvia Ark, and she was three years older than me. I had looked up to her ever since I was young, because she was the only one to play with me. My parents felt play should be disguised as training, and thus the only games I knew would be things that could help that. Dodging balls, hand-to-eye coordination games, the like. But Sylvia would play silly little card or board games with me. Things we actually liked. Anyway, she graduated before I did and went off to do her own missions. She was a rising star in the kingdoms, someone to watch out for. Her parents were thrilled and kept pushing her to take difficult missions. I always used to make her promise that she would come back. And she didn't, Jean guessed. Worse. Nicholas growled. She did come back. It was a mission to protect a research convoy deep into the Grimlands. An attempt at finding out more about how the Grim live in the wild. It was a doomed idea. But she went along with it because it was what her parents wanted. When the Grim struck and she realized it was lost, she remembered her promise to me and fled. Nicholas ran a hand through his hair, looking agitated. She came back alone and near death, collapsing in the hospital the moment she arrived. There was a scandal initially. People thought she had just left them all to die, and with Sylvia recovering in a coma, her side of the argument wasn't coming to light. Eventually, the council decided it was no one's fault. Just a bad idea in the first place. No one was to blame. But that wasn't enough. Not for my father, nor my mother. Jean had never met them. Not in any of his lives. And he was beginning to see why. Dishonor. Coward. Scandal. That was all they could hear. When I came rushing from Beacon to finally see her, to make sure she was okay? There was a loud crack as the wooden armrest of the chair gave way beneath his fingers. They were standing next to her bed. All the equipment unplugged. Holy. That took a turn for the dark all of a sudden. He expected a tale of a sister long lost that had turned his father away from the profession. But to hear his own grandparents had effectively murdered their child? told me they didn't get away with that. Things were different back then. <sighs> Making Jean's eyes go wide. No way. The council didn't want any panic. Sylvia was a famous figure and she might have died of natural causes anyway. 
they released a statement saying there were complications, that her injuries were too severe. It was all swept under the rug. That... that's... insane. Did... did they at least get arrested? Old war heroes like them? <laughs> no, they didn't get arrested. I never saw them again. I refused all contact and disowned myself and everything but name. They might still be alive for all I know. I simply don't care so as long as they never come see my family. The point of this story is why I didn't want any of my children to become hunters. Though it seems with you that I ironically followed in my father's footsteps. Jean understood those words. By seeking to ensure that his own children never became hunters, in a small way, he'd been as manipulative as his father had he hated. Where Grandfather Ark had sought to enforce his will on making Nicholas a hunter, Nicholas had done the same in denying Jean that goal. In every other life that would have been true, but for this one time, he could give his father some real comfort. I don't want to be a hunter. Jean could see the man's shoulders tense, as though he still didn't quite believe it. I don't know how many times I need to tell you. I wanted to, but not anymore. So you don't need to train me or feel bad about anything, because I'm not interested at all. Even when I did though, I don't think I ever hated you for denying me. I was always a bit annoyed, but I did wonder if you had a reason. And as flawed as that reason might be, it was nowhere near as bad as those of his father's parents. I'm glad. The older man smiled. The first true smile John had seen since he woke up. I'll still be training you though. Now that your aura is unlocked, you need to know enough to defend yourself. And if you're going to be traveling a lot, you might as well have some training. I guess that's fine. The door slammed open. Nicholas Ark, you told me you would let me know when he was awake. Ah, <laughs> sweetie, we were, we were just... Uh... Juniper was having none of it. Swipping into the room and pushing the man aside so fast he fell from his chair. Before Jean even knew what was going on, she had her arms around him, cradling his head beneath her chin. I was so frightened. I thought you were going to die. You shouldn't have come back. I told you to run. I love you. You were so stupid. She leaned back with an excellent expression. Well? Were any of those questions? Jean managed. Still a little woozy for being pulled up so quickly. I'm sorry? He wasn't, but it was what usually worked when he was in trouble. I forgive you. <sighs> His mother sighed. But only if you never risk your life like that again. Not a chance. If she or any of his sisters were in danger, then there was no way he wasn't going to act to save them. Just because he decided not to become a hunter this time, just because that meant he was going to abandon his friends, he wouldn't abandon them too. He just couldn't. Nicholas seemed to notice that result, giving him a nod from behind Juniper. The scene was quickly made all the more chaotic by the arrival of seven other girls, crowding into the room as they all fought to get some side of him. As the youngest Amber was allowed to push her way forward, each of the older sisters giving way for her. Stupid, 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 the small girl yelled, slapping down on his arm with one hand, even as John raised his brows and looked to the ceiling for aid. They all acted like the correct choice was to abandon their mother and run away. Maybe for a normal person it would have been, but he knew his limits. Sort of. He hadn't expected to actually survive, 
but with how his semblance worked, it wouldn't have mattered in the long run. They couldn't understand that though. All they knew was that their brother had almost been taken from them. That the boy they'd grown up with had nearly died. Sorry, he said, reaching out to stroke the top of her golden hair. Something wet pushed against the hand she was holding, and he noticed Sapphire stepped forward to rest her hands on the shoulders of the softly crying girl. Everyone's been really worried about you, Sapphire said, voice even and calm. She'd always stood the tallest among them, a pillar of strength among the household, whose word was second only to their mother, or that was how it had always seemed. Right now she looked like she might fall apart at any moment, her calm for Cade, just that. I was worried. Her eyes seemed to scream. It was all too much for him. Too much emotion. Too much love and concern. Whenever he'd been hurt before a beacon, everyone was concerned. But never to this degree. They trusted him to recover. Trusted his aura to keep him going. This was different. If only because not one of them had expected him to survive. They truly thought that they had lost him. He could see it in the desperation in their eyes. The awkward silence that permeated the room. Even how some couldn't meet his gaze. Perhaps distressed that they hadn't fought alongside him. He needed something to distract them. Anything that could make the conversation less awkward. Before everyone, including him, turned into a blubbering mess of tears and apologies. So... Are all these flowers from you girls? <laughs> he pointed to the flowers and looking for any blushes. I didn't realize I was so popular. Sapphire winced. Ah, uh, they're, uh, um, they're not from us. Oh, these? His mother cooed, with a voice so filled with sugar that it almost made his teeth rot. The girls backed away from the bed slightly. Nicholas following them as his mother clasped his hand in two of hers. Fancy us bringing flowers to already find that you already had all of these. There's Mrs. Green from the store. Miss Robinson from next door. As well as Amber's primary teacher, Miss Maroon. Oh dear. Not to mention my best friend Grace. Hazel growled out from the crowd. The telltale sound of cracking knuckles letting him know what would be coming the moment he recovered. <laughs> Feeling more than a little faint. Who knew I was so popular, eh? <laughs> His mother looked unimpressed, as did just about every other girl there. Over the top of their heads, his eyes met those of his father, only to receive a shrug. That treacherous bastard. Crud. Well, I hope you like this chapter. It's starting to get really interesting, and this is honestly one of my favorite stories. I, I love it to death. But yes, I can't wait to do the next one. So if you liked, leave a comment and subscribe. And yes, that is me begging. Have a good day, everyone.